Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Radio, episode 13. Woo! Not an unlucky number. No. In many cultures, yes. No, it, Commonly. It, it, it's there not, are hotels that skip that floor, Aaron. Not Isn't that just n- iconic? That's awesome. Not yeah. an unlucky number, episode 13. Truly a landmark episode for us. Oh, truly. probably. Let, let, let's get Logan We've on about far. landmark episodes. But, but let me tell... Let me drop some news. Let me not some news, a strategy that will take you from being as unlucky as 13 to the luckiest man alive. Oh. I have over the past week observed the new way to market your music for success. Oh. And it and it turns out that all this advice we've been giving you about control your own creative output only bring on the people you need, don't accept advances on things instead of percentages on things. All advice that we thought was good at the time is now completely usurped by this new S-tier advice that is guaranteed to get you to the top of the internet's radar. Are you ready for this? We are ready. Born ready. If you are an artist who is trying to get noticed, just pretend to be another more popular artist. Oh, yeah, no. Fake it till you make it. That's not new. No, no. Don't fake it till you make it. Release your album and say it's by Radiohead. That's happening? This is happening right now. So, over the past few months, especially this past week, I discovered an album that suffered from something called CD rot, which made it sound much, much worse. And as a result of this album sounding bad, A, internet music nerds love it because we like anything that sounds lo-fi. Oh, yeah. And B, it was hard to tell what band wrote it. There were no copies of the CD anywhere else. Somebody just picked up this one from a record store in England. And only one copy ever found. The record store denied selling it. The guy went to the internet, uploaded the album. Everybody listened to it, and they're like, it's a Radiohead demo tape. Oh my gosh, guys, this is a hidden Radiohead demo tape. And it flooded the underground music community. A similar thing happened just a few months ago when uh, industry plant rapper Ian Dior collabed with a generic autotune rapper on a song called Molly. Sounds amazing. Ian Dior sounds similar enough to another rapper, more popular, Lil Skies, that somebody on YouTube uploaded Ian Dior's song calling it Lil Skies featuring Lil Uzi Vert Molly. Guess which video has more views? The fake one. (laughs) There is... There is nothing else to do in the music game right now except <laughs> pretend that Green lie, Day. I, I, no, I, I still know that. That's always been the only option. Hey, there's a very good example of this that came out of our very own Salt Lake City. You ready? Yeah. Apparently Sting performed with the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir years back mm-hmm. and uh, released his own spin on the song Book of Mormon Stories by Sting. No. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> well, okay. So I saw it passing around on YouTube. And I don't mean to to go here, but it was kind of a boomer share thing going on. And um, did <laughs> never my, underestimate did, the power of boomer share. Boomer shares, are, it's the real <laughs> and, share. And I did my research, and it's not even Sting that sang it, but it's it's everybody thinks it's Sting. There it's you go. Hilarious. There you go. It happened to Green Day too when they dropped their new Father of All album. Some other band leaked something that said this is actually Father of All, but it was just their EP. Uh-huh. Is this not the Strat? I have a hey. I have a question. 
Are are nitwicks um, superstitious? Mm. Well, nobody has called in to fight me on the astrology thing, so they either all like Ed Sheeran, or we don't have a very superstitious <laughs> audience. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just a little concerned. You know, this is the 13th episode. I just want to be sensitive to the fans. We have to be sensitive. It's it's well. Then let this cursed strategy only find its way to nitwicks who are not scared of the consequences that will surely rain down from the heavens. Figure out how to rot your own CDs. Rot yes, your own let's CDs. Get out there. Degrade your quality and pretend to be Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! This week, this is going to be a real discussion. That's album, right? Oh, that's album. My man. I'm so ready. Well, First was, off, that intro is good for a lot of albums that we've discussed, but it does not <laughs> tell you anything about how this album sounds. So, Nitwicks, I went with a little bit of an unorthodox choice for this week. Normally, we like to give you them bops, them pop songs, them chill, relaxed listening experiences. Even when it's been a little bit more depressing, even when it's been a little bit more out there, it's always been colorful, it's always been fun. But let me tell you something that is not fun and not colorful and cannot possibly misconstrued to be happy. Oh no, my review is in so much trouble. Let's and do this. And this is the 2017 album by Machine Girl, Because I'm Young, Arrogant, and Hate Everything You Stand For. That's the whole title, by the what way. What a title. Great name. What a title. Legitimately, like... You cannot put a name to an artistic piece that says more than that. That's just that's just perfect. The problem is, is it's three hundred characters. <laughs> okay, that okay. is true. Before we even get started here, though, Machine Girl, I need some background. I know that there's like a a gore Japanese film called Machine Girl. There is a shocking film. I, is that where the name comes from? That is where the name comes from because. There is nothing to describe Machine Girl quite like deep internet. And as the Nitwicks know, I've been going on a deep internet journey myself. For and the Nitwicks. Yep. This, for this, them. This, this for them. This isn't about you. No, Sorry. Not about Lo you. Yeah, Logan, don't make it about yourself. So nothing informs the Machine Girl persona quite like obscure internet media. Yeah. And nothing is obscure internet media than a random 2000s Japanese gore movie that nobody watched. Yeah. Which is now sampled and interpolated in plenty of Machine Girl works. Very nice. Very oh, nice. man. So to give you a little background on it, I would say let's shift the paradigm a little bit. These aren't kids that were playing in their garage and got noticed by somebody at the bar. This isn't an artist's side project because he decided that he could play acoustic guitar better than that guy that sits on the back of the bus. This is deep internet, kid in their basement, making music... In the style of originally old 90s experimental rave techno, mm -hmm. just because. And some combination of the original, it was really the original Wolf Girl album that put Machine Girl on the map. The crazy album cover, the Japanese lettering, and being associated with Dread Collective that just got it eaten alive by pretentious music nerds like me who like listening to stuff that makes other people crazy. And so... <laughs> That's that's quite the assumption there. Wow. To say that I would go crazy listening to such a album. I mean, I 
I'll be legit with you guys. I try to expose people to Machine Girl all the time, and the reaction is overwhelmingly, please turn this off. This gives me anxiety. <laughs> and, and and I understand why. Oh, it's not designed yeah. to be a calm listening yeah, experience. Yeah, no. But But this is even a step above I listen to Screamo Metal. This is a new level of noise and abrasiveness and yeah. punishing your eardrums. I agree with that. And and I've really tried in the past to get into harsh noise scene, like prurient and stuff, uh, but I like my grooves just a little too much. So you can have your harsh noise, but as long as you're throwing a solid kick drum and some screaming behind it, I'll be okay. You gotta have a little bit I... of that. Have lots to say about this one. I mean, I have lots to say. It would, I can't imagine taking somebody who is not initially interested in this type of music and making them listen to it front to back. And that's why I wanted to bring it to you guys. Okay. All right. Here's, here, here's what I have to say about this album. And it, it, based on your introduction, it sounds like you're coming at this from a, this is a really dark, scary album. Is that how you feel about it? I truly feel like this is intro to deep internet core. If you want to know how this underbelly of depressed basement de- dwelling psychos feel. So yes, dark. Okay. Yeah. I mean, dark is a word I would use, but okay. And and first of all, I need to acknowledge what you're saying there. This is an album that could only be made in the in the age of the internet. Yes. Only could be made in the age of the internet. It it could not be made any other way. I don't think there's anything... There are outside influences, but nothing informs the album quite like the deluge of random media. Yeah. Yep. You feel like... Holy cow. You're you're very much involved in deep internet culture when you participate with this album. I acknowledge that. <clears throat> I just want to say, though, that I also kind of felt like I was on an amazing adventure, like Aladdin stealing bread from people in an anime world with laser guns. Anime world with laser guns. With Aladdin. Flying around at lightning speeds. I mean, I just felt like I was just a, a, a thief in another epic world. Dude, I feel that, actually. Like, I feel that. Like, I was legitimately, I was just sitting there listening to him like, wow, like right now, I just got this compadre monkey, and he's a space monkey, and we got laser guns. <laughs> what what did they we're intend? Ra- we're what did they intend that we would feel while listening to this? You know uh, hopefully that, because that's definitely what I felt. <laughs> I've, call, I've heard it called proto-post-apocalyptic cyber future dance music, <laughs> that, but that's just a wow. lot of adjectives. Kate, that, that leads into actually the bulk of, of kind of what I wanted to say from my review. I deeply respect them for their ability in this album to bust genres. Frankly, incredible. That was amazing. Because when I started it, I was like, what? What is this thing? Like, what is it? At first, I thought, oh, oh yeah. it's, it's metal. I went what to, I thought at first. I went and through it, that phase. And I was, like, I was like, yeah, this is metal. But then I, I was like, bro, I don't even think there's a single freaking guitar in the whole album. Maybe, barely. Yeah. It's textural Sampled. if it's there. Mm. And so, like, I was like, man, it's hard to even call this thing metal. It's just because he's screaming. You uh, you immediately associate it with metal. But then all of a sudden, you hear all these elements of, like, 90s rave, complex tro, those types of things going on. You're like, 
what is going Maybe on? Maybe a little boom bap, and then all of a sudden, let's just go uh, Wii menu music for a half second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it does have Wii menu music <laughs> moments. It does actually. Okay, I I wanted to to praise this album for a second. Okay. okay. I have a few things that I thought were really well done, and I wrote them down so that I wouldn't freaking forget. Amazing. Nice. Okay, there's there's too many moments that I feel like I forget in music if I don't record it. So I wanted to just praise that vocal chop in the second track, F Up Your Face. Yes. That vocal track is so iconic. Every time I hear that, oh man, that's just really, really cool, and it sets this tone for the song that's perfect. Um. Also, the third song, Dumb A, <laughs> that line, no such thing as the boogeyman, yeah. when he's just screaming it over and over, yeah. man, what is that other than iconic? That is super rad. Yeah. Like, that's a good time. That's a great time. Um, yeah, I also wanted to just point out some of the synths, specifically in the second half of the album, mm-hmm. I, and take this or leave this. But I couldn't help but think the way that they were like taking synths and distorting them and stuff kind of felt flume esque. I legitimately was thinking that. I was the second half specifically. Some of those leads that they were taking, they were chopping up their own leads and throwing all this distortion on. I was like, man, this kind of feels like what flume does. Just putting that out there. It's kind of through a speed core filter, but I was... Well, uh, it's obviously not Flume, but I'm saying specifically the synth production felt very kind of similar, actually. Yeah. what I was thinking. It it feels like it takes a lot of cues from EDM, but at the same time has no interest in being EDM. Well, well, hold on. Oh, man. I don't know if I should say this yet. I have so much I want to say. I just don't know <laughs> yeah, what, when I know. to say I, what. Like, can you s- stop talking so I can talk about this <laughs> album, please? <laughs> Bro, I only went for like 30 seconds. Oh, no, no. You're going down a bulleted list right now. <laughs> All right. Go for it. No, go no, go no. for it. No, no, no. Finish your list. <laughs> finish your list. Yeah, I do okay. want to hear the end of the list. Rude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, so what I was going to say is when you just said it it takes things from EDM, but it doesn't know it doesn't want to be it. And this is uh, kind of a critique, but I don't really want to go there yet. It almost doesn't know what it wants to be. Period. Oh, which yeah. I think is awesome, but also slightly dangerous. I'll get into that later. Okay. But also, just wanted to praise the vocal ch- vocal glitches in Bitten Twice. How we just kept on taking stuff, reversing it, chopping it up, slowing it down. Like, yeah. Honestly, super cool vocal production. And, of course, the breakbeat in Machine Girl versus Wolf Girl. Isn't it incredible? That's a, such a good breakbeat, man. Yeah, let's just Edge. talk about this epic voyage that the album takes you on. Because it, it, it starts off, and it immediately just is not trying to ease you in. It just brings you up to full speed, and then it stays full speed. But what we got is the first two-thirds of the album, these are quick tracks, most of them are, yeah. you know, minute a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. And we cruise all the way down, and then I feel like there's some meat down there the last three or four tracks. Yeah. Starting with that one that's just the Japanese symbols, which was my yeah. favorite on the album. Mm. That, the, that, that track is insane. That, that song is, a, is actually that's so a cool. Great okay. Track. All right. All right. So, I, this is this is kind of where I come from when I'm when I'm when I'm trying to praise this album. Okay. And. To be frank, this album is a unique experience, which is all that I wanted from it. So I really don't have anything that bad to say about this experience. I actually 
thoroughly enjoyed this ride. Same. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so from an audio production standpoint, I, I'm i not even sure if this dude used instruments that much. It seems like a lot of this was just, like, taking samples and then cramming it down to, like, millisecond increments and then just spamming that white noise that you get when you just take a millisecond and then and then he just started screaming on top pretty, of it pretty accurate yeah. G- gave you a, gave you a little bit more of the sample slowed it down warped it through some drums and then he's doing it again and it's just like wow this guy is like the audio production uh prog metal band coming from you know, if this dude really is just a basement producer, I have no idea how many hours this guy poured into this album. Like, the delays that are smacking off, and I think pretty much like 80% of what you're listening to is samples. This guy spent some serious time on this album. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and, and in that way, it was perpetually blowing my mind. I'm like, this guy, like, yeah, I'm basically listening to a form of white noise right now, but like... <laughs> This dude went really hard to yeah. make this white noise. Yeah. And so that was that was definitely something that was impacting me the whole way. What I wanted to also say is that um, while you were bringing in that criticism that um, maybe part of the problem with the album is it doesn't know what it is. I, I want to expound on that, I by the way. I think that's the way, though, that this project gets a listener all the way through it and gets them wanting to listen to it again. Mm. Because... Because it is just like you put out your arm, there's a train passing you by, and somebody on the train just grabs your arm and it almost tears it off. But you're just dragging on the floor, and then maybe you start <laughs> to run along with it good at imagery, some man. point. Good, good imagery. That's what that album feels like, and it keeps it unique. Yeah, I mean, this galactic Aladdin rob robbing adventure is just a darn good time. Yeah, it really is. I really enjoyed it, but I. I I appreciated it from the angle of how hard that must have been to make. I just cannot even imagine what the tempo track looks like on these songs. Lord, is well, there a tempo track? And <laughs> no, I'm we, just kidding. <laughs> we were talking a lot. I'll let you get back to it, Jake. But we were talking a lot about these EDM artists like Crywolf and Eden who decided to step away from the computer yeah. to get their hands on more real sounds to bring more organicness yeah. to their album. I absolutely identify with that, and I agree. It makes those Crywolf and those Edian albums so much better. But part of what I love about Because I'm Young, Arrogant, and Hit Everything You Stand For is how relentlessly digital it is. Yeah, there yep. is There is not a plant in this dark galactic world. Yeah, There is not a spring of hope. There are barely animals, and if they are, they're <laughs> greasy half-cyborgs. <laughs> And, and I understand that bringing organic instrumentation is a great way to feel more creative. And even on these two albums after this one, he started using a live drummer. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that this album is so sampled, is so synthesized, is so digital, really plays to a level of strength that not all music is trying to capture. Most of the time, it's about getting the synths to feel real yeah. and warm and yeah. nice. Yeah. And this feels so cold and isolated yeah no, it's a new I, feeling i definitely agree actually with that and, and i want to say um I, I mean i did kind of just go through a lot of the things that i wanted to praise the album specifically for overall okay mm-hmm. my overall opinion of the album is it executed 
very well what it was trying to do. Honestly, impressive. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I really liked it overall. Great album. Um, but I do but have a I few points. I have a few points I would like to go oh, yeah, into. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. I will say just, this. Just it, know it, my it, overall it, view. It's is. not like something I would honestly listen to all the all the time. But um, it is something that, that song that's just the Japanese characters. I will return to that song. Yeah. No, yeah. no question. I yep. definitely will return to that song. No, yeah. Actually, to go along with that point, that was actually one of the points I wanted to say is I love how well it does what it's trying to do, but it almost does get to the point, and I say this very carefully, okay? I go say ahead. this very carefully. Don't overdo this, but I feel like sometimes the album borders a little bit on being kind of a novelty mm. like it's kind of i don't want to say self-aware but almost self-aware that it's so crazy that sometimes i'm just like man i like i won't turn this on very frequently i don't think because it, it mm-hmm. feels to me kind of like it's i don't know what i'm exactly trying to say it just no, feels no, no, a, i get that. Do you get what i'm trying to I, say i totally get that, with that yeah. i yeah. i have jokingly called this album headache core before <laughs> because it it really is hard to sit down and dedicate a listen to this. Exactly. Uh, unless, I mean, I've accustomed myself to this at this point. But the first time I heard this album, I had to just put it away for a little bit. Yeah. Because yep. it does, it can feel gimmicky. Yep. It can just That's kind of saying. grind you down after a while. Yep. Like, I just want to listen to That's exactly. Music. That's exactly what I'm kind of getting at. I and went, like, when I went and looked at a picture of the dude behind this though oh, yeah. it immediately was clear to me how sincere this project I know. is i know i i, I, I like, watched videos too okay yeah this is for real so i, I didn't want to just jump to my first conclusion because i've learned usually not to trust my first opinion and so the first time i heard the album the headache core was all i could think i was just like yeah i was like man this is just a wall of sound like holy frick so the first time i was kind of like i don't know but then I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm giving this thing a fair listen. I've decided that with all the albums of the week, I I dive deep in them. So I listened to it at least six times since before this episode because I wanted to give it a fair try. Mm-hmm. Each time I listened to it as an album experience, never shuffled. And each time it definitely started to have more and more charm to it. Um, I did think it was interesting as I did research on the actual guys behind the album. Turns out mm-hmm. they're two dudes from philadelphia and um i listened to some interviews and i was kind of like oh i'm starting to see some elements of why they're doing what they're doing though because turns out that those guys are like really into the underground music scene in philly Mm -hmm. which according to them in their interview is not very alive they're they said it's kind Mm. of it's kind of non-existent so they're kind of half building it i guess but they said that all of their friends are massive idm freaks and i was like i was like oh (laughs) think crap's clicking i'm starting to see why so pretentious you know what i'm saying and and i was like oh no for the nitwicks don't talk about idm is is it not intellectual dance music intelligent dance intelligent dance. can we just can we just nitwicks can we all just join hands and just (laughs) shake our heads for a moment so i just have to say when i found that out i was kind of like like I'm starting to see why they were doing mm. what they were doing with since a little bit IDM influence. However, it was done so aggressively, but that by no means would I call it an IDM album. Yeah, and it, I the reason I would shy away from calling this IDM too is because it feels so 
seriously, props to Matthew Stevenson before I even say this. I really respect your work and I'm going to try and rip you off soon. But (laughs) part of what I love about because I'm young, arrogant and hate everything you stand for is because it sounds so amateur. Mm. It is a wall of sound. And I don't doubt that he spent a lot of time on it. But the way that it's mixed, the things that the songs are about feels so youthful and young and youthful and angry is what I meant to say that it doesn't communicate to me any of that high-minded i agree look at yeah. what i can do no, with yeah, no, i agree i agree, with I that. agree. I another agree. struggle i was having was at moments it felt kind of like and i mean later finding out that the band name was off of a japanese film i felt like there was definitely some asian pop influence like it felt oh, like for I was sure either playing dance dance revolution or something for a half second <laughs> i love that I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on and i was like I can't do dance dance, but then there was something about, it was like I was playing dance dance among, uh, amongst a, a few anime girls. And at the same time, the most hideous, just evil looking goths you've ever seen. And so it like, counter, black it like counterbalanced it. And you're like, Whoa, maybe I'm like, okay here. I don't, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Very good description. And I felt that way as well. Um, it's uh, like balancing the force by the extremes, not finding equilibri- equilibrium, but allowing both parties to be indulgent in the same space yeah. and therefore creating a form of... Yeah, yeah it definitely that- is at one time anime girls and at the same time horrifying werewolf cyber cyborgs. <laughs> yeah. it, it is. And at first, I str- I'm not going to lie, at first I struggled with that. At first, however, I think that the clash is very cool, but at first, let me just talk about how I was kind of feeling. And I really, I also say this carefully, mm-hmm. but I felt like at times it was pushing corny a bit just at a few moments. And I was like, I get that most little, on the last track, little corny here. I was like, if somebody grabbed my headphone right now and went, I would be like, Oh, I think they kept you know it saying? together I, though. I felt that a few times on the argument I was just making. That's where they kept it together. Cause you're right. Either side is corny and does not stand on its own but it's on top of each other yeah it's crazy how can i deny that what's happening is like something yeah yeah i know i agree with that i definitely agree with that oh like i said overall incredible experience it's just i'm just trying to walk you through my mental i want to say though this isn't the first time i've heard something like this oh yeah what else do you hear like this okay and 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 where i'm gonna take this it's not that it this is its own take on it. This is deep internet version of music I have heard people do before. Um, in ska, actually. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Mr. Bungle? Have you? Yeah, listened? that stuff's insane. It, but I, yeah. I get the connection. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, the, the, just the... Can't make up its mind. It's trying to keep your attention by just desperately throwing everything at you at <laughs> once. You know, that it, Mr. Bungle is in there. There's also a guy named John Zorn. This... Do you know John Zorn? I've heard of him. Holy. And a couple tracks. Holy crap. John Zorn is kind of in this territory. Yeah. He really is. But he did it with, again, like brass instruments and just, I, what was his, his name? He worked with a guy who's just, he, he's just this Asian dude that just screams. So what guys over there just squeaking a saxophone, <laughs> they're like, on a jazz guitar and he's yeah. just, and all at the same time. There Perfect. is there is Japanese jazz punk, and that stuff is nuts. <laughs> but yeah, there is. 
I agree with a lot of takes here, so I'm going to try to address them. Yes, I like the absolute chaotic energy of it. Oh, yeah. Because this this album is an insane brand of chaos that is not chaotic like prog metal, chaotic like Dillinger Escape Plan. It's chaotic like in your basement playing a new video game every day. Type of final chaos. boss music, final nonstop boss, yeah. with the e- with, with not emos like with scary people. But at the same time, I also feel where Jake's coming from. First off, I don't like the last track of this album at all. Yeah, I wish it ended with Machine Girl versus Wolf I, Girl. Yeah, I do too. And actually, there are times that it stretches on the corny, and sometimes things where the metaphor is a little too obvious. Like yeah. I love the track Bullet Hell, but the lyrics read aloud sound terrible. Yeah. Um. But I think. The corniness and knowing that it is that sincerity that's bleeding through. By the way, uh, Matt Stevenson hates this album now. Does he? Just so you know. he what? He does not like uh, Young Arrogant and Hate Everything You Stand For or the album before this, Gemini. I think yeah. he still likes Wolf Girl, though. Um, Why? What's his reasoning? He just says, I feel like I needed to make these albums, but they're not what I think I sound like. Huh. So That's, that's kind of disappointing. There's anyway, so much work in these things. I'm cause, serious. Because frankly... I'm, it's power. But I think I think the corniness <laughs> and the sincerity of it leads to the moments of beauty. I remember there's this one line in Machine Girl versus Wolf Girl, and it's one of the few lyrics that kind of cuts through the mix when he's, uh, it's finally a decently melodic, danceable part of the album. And he says, I feel most real when I'm not myself, emancipated from my human shell. Uh-huh. Uh, salvation will be digital heaven because real life is hell. Mm-hmm. Like and, <laughs> nice. And is that not the emotional nice core of the album? Is just let's take you to a different world because I'm suffering here. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just go and rob some bread from some space cyborgs exactly. on a flying carpet. And that's that's why I can kind of forgive the corny moments yeah. because I don't think without that that we'd be able to get that that one glimmering moment of beauty in the yep. album and the track Athothagogo, which is also very yeah. pretty. Vomit. Yeah was awesome vomit is sick vomit vomit was <laughs> yeah you know what yeah. I, that that is a fantastic way to tie it together i absolutely agree with you Netflix. i i oh really quick one last thing i just wanted to reinforce what you said that i wish that that last track was clipped though it's, honestly it's kind it, of a bad stain on not it o- not only is it a bad stain it's just it's cringy the yeah. lyrics are cringy oh man but if you would chop that off you know fantastic the end of the day it's an experience you need to have here in the what century are we living in right now? Twenty first. I mean, with how this album sounds, twenty fifty, twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Netwicks. Go and give that a spin. For real. Do it. Try it. Billions putting out stuff. And stick with like it. Ah oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Holy cow. That was. What I've, an experience. I, I, I've been dying to talk about that. I'm glad. I, I have I, I'm to, glad dude. that that's all off my shoulders now. <laughs> I feel a little better. Was, uh, really, it was a good time. Hey, Thank by you the way, for the experience, bro. Thank you for turning us on to for this. Real, for I'm real. glad. I for real. I felt scared picking something that was. I I don't want to say challenging because then it sounds like I'm talking down to you guys. I just mean something that's so out of the wheelhouse of what we normally yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah. Nice. Um, no, no, we need it. And music news. If you want to talk about some more nitwick magic machine girl dropped an album today oh really no way. today guys Dude, what the this I, is, we're plugged into something that's beyond us did you know machine girls coming to salt lake 
I'm going. Really? Yep. Nice. Are you only really? only to see the opener? I barely Dude, know the other people. I'm I'm tempted to go yeah, with you. I might go with you too. Would you be chill if we came? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's right. talk about right, that. We'll talk about okay, <laughs> m- music news. We have some business to cover here. So, I know the Nitwicks are intensely interested in my personal struggles. You know, I am. At I, least I, I am as I, well. I, I know that that's a thing. And uh, if you die, we can't keep doing the show. And, and, Who's going to do and, the and, intro? And, and, <laughs> <laughs> Jake, and, come uh, on. So two weeks ago, we wanted to get our Rage Against the Machine tickets. Oh yeah. And you know, it's been a hard stretch this past little bit. It's been depressing. And, and I would well, well for, there's levels. And uh, you know, these these Rage Against the Machine tickets started to kind of mean something. And so we come to the day where it goes on sale. We put in our bid. We didn't. We didn't make it, man. Oh, ticket no. master. Ticket master cues. Screw them. <laughs> All of them. For what? Because purpose? I'm serious. I was there when the timer hit zero. I was there, and it turns out, as I did my research after, the algorithm is everybody in the waiting room. Bam. Instant random place, which I guess I don't know how you do it better, but you're instantly random. I was put in like the 10,000th place. But, so by the time I got in, there was crappy nosebleeds left. Hmm. I'm like, who the frick is going to sit down at a rage show? You, you don't go to the most like, hype show on the planet and watch it in an upper bowl on the other side of the It was literally no. upper bowl. Oh I was like, no way. Nah. Anyway, okay. The story's not over. This week... Rage. I know we've been talking rage a lot, but man, it's big news. It really is. It, it's huge. They just added 12 more dates. They doubled down the, uh, two nights in a row for the show we were going to go to. So tomorrow we have another shot. Yep. And tomorrow, because I guess it's random, we're going to get as many of our homies in the queue as we can so that we have better shots of getting mm-hmm. A true nitwick miracle. Yeah. So oh. what's, what's the way to make this better going forward? Like, what? how do we solve this issue of... There exists a band like Rage that so many people care about, but most people will just get screwed. Okay, here's my legit question is I've been actually not I'm not going to say depressed, but I have been heartbroken over this over the last week because you have no idea how excited I am for this show. Yeah, it's big. And and, um, I was thinking, though, and I was like, if it really is this high volume, what else can you do? It has to become some sort yeah. of lottery. Yep. It has to. And, yeah, and it's okay. And I, I respect it. It it hurt, but I'm glad we're getting this shot. We're getting another chance. So so anyway, news, the tour extended twelve more days. I mean, it was a 40, 40 day or forty shows. show forty show tour. They bumped it to fifty two. That's significant. Important. So I had to bring that up. Uh as of today, uh you're going to have to dig into the archives of our episodes a little bit, but Car Seat Headrest announced a new album. So excited. Dropped a single today. Not coming here. Dang it. <laughs> but I, I'm just happy to hear that they're putting out another album. Is he putting out oh, a man. Minecraft concert at least? I mean, we can only hope. We, we can, can only hope. We can only hope. Dude, They Aaron was telling me about it before, and sure enough, they're kind of rebranding. If you go, if you go to their Spotify page now, mm. it's got all four members, and Will Toledo is in an orange jumpsuit with a gas mask. I'm like, wow. He's been touring in a nice. freaking. He, he's going straight Shia LaBeouf. It's got put like that paper bag on. It's got like LEDs inside the eyes. I'm like, wow. Very interesting. The singles are really <laughs> cool. 
really, really. It's always so weird to me when somebody expands a basically one man project to four people and keeps the name. Well, we've, the thing we've is, we've talked I, plenty about band, band structure. I mean, he's been working with these guys before, though, right? They're not brand uh, new. He's just been touring with them for the past little while. Well, they they must be it, becoming it, homies. It's kind of newer. The drummer, I think, has been in it for a long time. Yeah. All I know is is that is one band. I just need to say it so the nitwigs know. That is one band Aaron turned me on that I'm a huge fan. It's one of my favorite bands that Aaron's ever showed me. I'm serious. It's good stuff. Other news. Uh, the Avalanches officially dropped their first single. We know nothing about the album yet. <laughs> As Logan noted, that they are definitely a nitwig-friendly act. You know, I, I am starting to notice that there is a... Not a rotation, but like a selection of artists that we as the Nitwit gang have decided that we'll keep tabs on. And I, as long as we keep throwing people in there and then picking them out when their time is done. Yeah, no, I, I would love to become a Kanye West fan show as much as the next guy, but we both know that it's hard to drive listeners to that <laughs> unless he says something new. All I'm saying is the Avalanche is. I, yeah, there's just this weird thing where. There's, there's a few artists that are, I guess it's what we've talked about with a cult following. Mm-hmm. They're like really, really good and influential in their sphere. It's just not necessarily huge. And Avalanches are that. I mean, they this new single, they worked with Blood Orange, who had... I, had, I love Blood Orange. They're I didn't really, know really, really cool. You Honestly, know. Fantano turned me on to Blood Orange about hey. a year ago. Yeah, so. no, they have, they have a perspective kind of on that sound that how would you classify it i i've been trying to classify d- this forever but like a neo jazz soul hip-hop fusion yeah it's- and and it's everywhere like everybody from tyler to like blood orange to avalanches is trying to get in on it i honestly would call it pollen core but pollen is a little bit more i hate to say it diverse than this um, mm. But anything that utilizes the sound collage lo-fi-ish sound. All I know is Gorillas kind of started with it, too. It's, Interesting. It, it, it's like really, a, I don't know, just go and spin an album. It's worth your I, time. I will, man. I liked, I liked the Avalanche single. Uh, my final bit of news here. Tomorrow, episode two of Gorillas' Song Machine drops. Ooh. They're gaining some serious momentum. They're they're combating Takashi for Spotify position. Go get them. So, so a Go little bit of background for the Nitwicks. I sent a picture of Takashi Six Nine Spotify ranking. He's currently three hundred twenty fourth in the world. And then just to rub the salt in the wounds a little bit more, I sent a picture of the Gorillas Spotify ranking at three hundred twenty sixth in the world. Yeah, we're coming. They got two spots. That's relevant news. That is relevant news. I don't. I'm glad that you guys see it as him coming because I got a podcast notification on Spotify, which, by the way, are just getting worse. Oh yeah, of like the rise and fall of Takashi Six Nine, and that's what made me go look him up. I'm like 324th in the world. I'd like to <laughs> fall and be 324th in the world. <laughs> I know if you get that badge, dang. I know, you know. that is crazy. Anyway, we got some good news. Uh, some good releases coming. I'm pretty excited to hear what the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to come out with. I feel like they're going to either drop a tour or an album here soon with John Frusciante. The 90s are coming back right now. That's just the truth of it. Is that what the 2020s are going to be? 
I feel like we got enough 90s nostalgia in the 2010s. There's no way it's bleeding over. Yeah, good question. All right. Bop of the week. Bop of the week. That's my cue, I suppose. Yeah, that's definitely a Jake cue. (laughs) Okay. Um, This week... Ooh... I um, am excited about this one, actually. Yeah. February uh, has been a bad month, but a great month for music. Great, yep. Great month oh. for music discovery. Okay. This is actually somebody that Aaron turned me on to again, um, but I've really taken this one and run with it, and man, am I becoming a fan really fast. So my bop of the week is this track, Division, by Jid. Jid. Have you heard of Jid? Yes. Yeah. Did I... I tell this story nonstop because I just, it ups my hipster cred in my own <laughs> mind, not to anybody else. But Jid opened for Earl Sweatshirt four or five years ago, right after I graduated high school. And I was in a show and there were like 20 people total watching him. Oh, yo. And he just went and said he did Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, yeah. And a yep. whole bunch of, and I thought this guy deserves to be famous. Yeah. And then I didn't go to a concert for three years ever again. And then <laughs> Jid was famous. Yeah. I'm not saying I did it. Yeah. Well, you, you pre- did do Jid's it. Jid's instrumentals are just on point. That's exactly. That is mostly why I chose this as Bop of the Week. There's actually a few reasons. I just wanted to hop in that real quick. Division is a track. Okay. Before I actually say that, Jid in general, like Aaron was just saying, it focuses so hard on his instrumentals. And he does these beautiful instrumentals that are like... He borders on feeling empty, but mm-hmm. it's perfectly empty. It's like very simple, but it slaps. And I don't know how he does it. Yeah. But like he's got like those those minor piano chords, you know, bling, you know, those things going on in the back and it's just these really boom bappy instrumentals. Definitely feels like a old school approach. Yeah. And that's I mean, he has a one trap song. A couple trap songs. Well, DiCaprio two, DiCaprio two, his newer album is very much more trap infused than than Never Story is. But, but he has the voice and the approach that is much more similar to old school rappers. Yeah, and does. I say that as somebody who loves new school rappers. Yeah. But Jid has a level of lyricism to him. That was my third point. My third point was that the rhyming scheme in this song is so non traditional that like, man, it's just like he's rhyming words that just. Don't rhyme, but it works. And it's just like the lyricism in specifically this song is incredible. Yeah. So incredible. And then the way that it starts and ends, it's like the sandwich. There's this rapper. I forget what her name is. It's not Earth Gang. It's somebody who's on there, but she's this lady that has a verse and she sings so apathetically. Like her voice is just cracking out and squeaking out. She just doesn't care. And then he takes one of one of the sections of her verse and he slows it down and sticks it at the beginning and the end and man what a vibe holy snap that's beautiful so anyways that's bop of the week this week jid he got me man jid is one of those rappers that make me feel really sad that the most rap people have been exposed to is pitbull and eminem (laughs) yeah like that that's what a lot of people and it's way better talking in like the online music community or meeting people that are actually excited about music, Mm -hmm. but going up to random people on the street and asking them about music, who's the greatest of all time? Eminem. Yeah. Okay. We'll name five other rappers. Like it's not even, I'm not even doubting that Eminem at one time was really good or that he even doesn't still have skills. I'm saying that 
just putting him at the top with no other context for rap. Yeah. Like, if you heard Jid, you would probably think he's as, as good as Eminem. Yeah. In terms of rhyming ability. Oh, for sure. But I don't even think the comparison is fair because they go for different things. Yeah. Like, Name five other rappers. Let's see. Ty Dolla Sign. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Ty Dolla Sign. Post Malone. Sway Lee. Tyler the Creator. <laughs> Guys, this is not a rap album. <laughs> All right, Logan. What do you got? Oh, man. I feel bad for like focusing on rap again, but this isn't really rap. It's another guy who gets kind of slotted into rap because he hangs around rappers. Mm. But his, I would describe his voice as as futuristic as Machine Girl, Ooh. but in a very soft, ethereal way. Imagine instead of the Blade Runner future, it's just kind of a clean, polished future, but like... Mm freaky clean like something's going wrong underneath it interesting and so uh it's echo 2k Hmm. my man anthony fantano gave his recent album a great review but there is one song i am obsessed with because it sounds like the absolute broad like a pop song from 2500 Ooh, it's beautiful new age swelling waves of synthesizers and muted broken drum machine drums nice it's called sugar and diesel and it comes from an album that has a great core emotional message about being comfortable in your own skin Mm. but echo 2k by way of um being a black person that lives in scandinavia where there are basically no people of color wow um english is his second language and he sings in a register that is clearly so high it's uncomfortable for him that it all spins into this murky but beautiful vibe. Ooh. Um, it, geez, it feels like a silicon forest. <laughs> it is gorgeous. So I, beautiful. I, I don't know what it is about me, especially like the Eden art pop thing that you got me on, but anything that sounds futuristic right now is something I've been on a kick with. So nice. hopefully with that and my, more of my deep internet explorations, I a, can show you guys some more of that cool. A bookmark. I want to talk to you about Kendall after the show. Oh yes. Yeah. Let's talk, Let's about, talk Kendall. about Kendall. Let's after. talk about how Kendall absolutely deserves to be shouted out because she is small <laughs> enough. Yep. Uh, yeah. Amen. Uh, Below 15K. This week... <laughs> This week, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I revealed my secrets last week with Spoon. Beautiful track. Beautiful it is. track. Such that a good song track. is so listenable. Oh, man. I just love that song. I'm still just kind of hanging in there with, you know, some doing okay vibes. Uh, I would say Goodie Bag, still, wo- still woozy. Oh, man. Still woozy's coming through. Have you for heard me that right track, now. Goodie Bag? Mm-mm. Yo, you're gonna you're gonna bop. You're gonna bop. You're hard. gonna bop in a very chilled out way. Yeah, it's pretty good. I want to talk about this okay but not great vibe because there <clears throat> there are people out there, especially boomers, who like seeing <laughs> movies that make them feel good. Oh yeah, who like movies that are about superheroes and larger than life because, as they say, real life is too dramatic and emotional. So I think, and then pop songs to me, especially in the boomer generation, reflect that as well. It was not about feeling okay. It was about like ACDC. I know. All that type I've, of stuff. Yeah. I thought about that a lot. Like, 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 If yeah. you go and listen to power ballads, <laughs> so I made a, a playlist 
you know, shout out, go and give me a follow. <laughs> <laughs> the ginger on uh, Spotify. Uh, um, uh, 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 teardrops on the ivory. I just uh, collected a bunch of hair metal power ballads about their broken hearts. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and listen to it. I'm like, yeah, well, my heart's broken. This is the the literal last place I would ever go. I do not feel this. But there is a generation that does, that wants everything to be so... Did they? Did they, or is it just like the act of blowing it out of proportion is a release to to not deal with it? You know what I mean? Okay, but that's kind of what's going on in the modern scene too with all this depression stuff. Isn't that what's happening? And listen, (sighs) I like... It's just a different... Oh man, that, one, that one's like different though because I feel like there's some stuff that's being made right now that is so real and sad. It is not put on my makeup oh, and and go nuts and then just stand up there and be the heartthrob that with the broken heart. This is like Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell for real. Sad. Carrie and I, Lowell, I, the I staple, the staple. Sad people, you know. It's like you don't get more real in exposing those emotions. Yeah. So I no, I don't think it's the same thing. Okay, but but you're comparing apples to oranges a bit, in my opinion, because okay, the first and famous man. We're going back to that for a minute. Teardrops and Ivory is built up of a lot of songs that were the big ones at the time. But look at the big ones today. Kay. What do you got? You got Billie Eilish. All right, all right, all right, she's the face hear, of sadness. Hear, hear me, I hear guess. Me, hear me. Hear, hear me on this. I do not believe <laughs> that Teardrops on the Ivory level heartbreak was ever about actually expressing heartbreak it was about waving your lighter at the concert yeah it it was about curly hair it was about i'm a heartthrob you know what i mean that's what it was about it was not it was it wasn't as interpersonal with the the listener i don't i don't think i don't think it was good point so anyway yeah uh uh still still woozy still (laughs) still woozy goodie bag of course. Those are some real that's a real one. Seriously, what a jam. We got we got to talk about that at some point because I feel like so many people keep their art at an arm's length. They say entertain me. And when it it speaks to something beyond being entertaining, they don't like it. That goes right into what we uh kind of had an on art. the agenda. Here. <laughs> Is essentially playful. We say you play the piano. You know what? Ready for this. Why? I love Alan Watts so much. Music <laughs> philosophy. Um, we promised last week, we kind of had a political perspective on it, but but what we said we were going to carry over into this week was this idea that I can listen to the music just for the music. I can separate myself from their emotional, their political, their whatever message, which clearly, for many artists, I, I believe they're, incapable of making the song that you're bopping to without those feeling those feelings yeah so if those feeling if those feelings is what created this message which is all i believe a song is it's it's a form of communication they're telling us something and we're receiving it if it came from you know political outrage or depression or legitimate emotions like this are we capable of really holding that at an arm's length and saying nah I'm just bopping. So, um, and I don't want to cut you off, I guess, but I I did have a point I wanted to say with this. If we view music, and we do, I do, if we view music as a form of communication, that means that along with communication comes many communication skills that 
individuals have to learn if they want to communicate. And I think one of the most important things to learn is how to communicate about topics that you're not necessarily in harmony on. So um, when you're speaking with somebody about a topic that you have different views on and you're both very passionate about it, each individual has to learn how to not... um, not just immediately take offense at, oh, we're in disagreement. It doesn't mean, all, if, if me and you are disagreeing, it doesn't mean all of a sudden, wow, I'm just feeling Aaron's emotion and, and I hate this and, and I want to cut it off because it's not working. The, it, with music, people are going to bring up topics or they're going to sing from or make music from places that you're not going to agree with. And you as the listener have the ability to say, okay, I'm not in harmony here, but I I'm not in harmony with what you're saying. However, I am willing to have this communication go because I want to hear what you have to say. Maybe I'll learn something from you. For example, with uh, this Machine Girl album, the message of that album, a lot of the times, was extremely in your face. Specifically, that last song honestly was annoying. Preachy, annoying, (laughs) weird, like, screw everybody in the past. And I'm just like, "I I disagree with you. However, I get what you're doing here. I enjoy this experience, but I don't agree. So I guess it's you have to confront that you feel it, but that you're not necessarily in agreement. That's that's what I would say yeah, to that. I think they bring you to that place, and if I'm understanding what you're saying, I think I agree with it. They're bringing you to that place, but that doesn't mean that you live there. Exactly. You're just like driving through the town like, holy crap. It, it, yeah, exactly. But then what you end up listening to all the time is where you live. And I think... You can't, I don't think you can separate yourself from that. Uh, consistency, if, if you're consistently listening to it, I guess it means you are in agreement with it probably because you identify with it. So if you're consistently that way, then yeah, I, I guess that. I don't know. What do you think, Logan? This is kind of a scary topic because. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're here. <laughs> like for me, I have so constantly had to redraw the lines of what I accept in music. Like, I don't want to interface with this all the time because I think it just makes me more sad than I need to be. Because Mm. you talk about where you live, where you're spending your time, what you're engaging with constantly. And so when you put something in front of somebody that they're not in harmony with, there can be a fear. And I think the fear comes from two places. The first is I have to engage with this idea at all. Mm. Sometimes you just don't want to think about things and listen, who am I to say no to a boomer who just wants to see some dumb CGI superhero movie? <laughs> if that's if that's what you want from your entertainment, if it gets you through this life, all right, man. But at the same <laughs> time, first off, there's that fear of engaging with it. And I think there's a secondary fear of connecting to it. Because mm. I think if an artist comes with, say, Rage Against the Machine, mm. A lot of people love the aggression of rage, the way that they bring that energy and spark it in you as well. But a lot of people were afraid at the time, and I think are maybe still now afraid to engage with rage's ideas themselves. But I think there's an existing element here, too, of if you like the way something is, you probably like something about how it became that way. Yeah, yeah. I talk about being aesthetically interested in things all the time. Vaporwave, for example. This idea of slowing down 80s music to draw attention to how commercialized it was. Mm. I wasn't anti-capitalist 
when I was 18 and started listening to Vaporwave. But I will say that because I identified with the artistic intentions of Vaporwave, I started to engage with the idea of what are the benefits of living in a consuming driven society one where we need to buy things all the time Mm -hmm. and i understand that's kind of a 14 year old take but engaging with music that has different ideas ideas forces you to actually engage with them and if you find yourself aesthetically attracted to something but are scared of it it's probably because you don't want to deal with those ideas in yourself because you're scared they're there yeah you know i when, agree with that when you're I, I, a do, I also agree with and that and you don't want to watch those sad dramatic movies about death it's probably because something in you doesn't want to interface with that idea yeah. of death there's yeah. a darkness there yeah no I, I agree totally with what you're saying i think that there's Honestly, this question, while I guess it is about music, I think it's a more of an underlying uh, human, I don't want to say skill, but it's more of an underlying principle of learning how to um, interface with new or different ideas, which I think is way deeper than just the music. Yeah, but I think that's my, I believe the way that I feel about this is the statement right there, then just about the music. I I think they're one and the same. I think that song exists. Well, I think it's an it's an application of it, yeah. but it also comes through daily it, it, conversation. It, it, it is a historical document of how I felt at a time and I and I left it behind. And other people pick it up and go, Oh man, I know I kind of think I might know what this is. And like Logan's saying, there is that dimension of potentially being, you know, nervous about that. And I definitely think you have to be mature with it because I do believe that it can kind of drive you to mental spaces if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't think personally that those are separate ideas. I think songs that inherently is what they yeah, are. Let me, let me clarify. Cause I'm not trying to necessarily say they're separate. I'm saying they're connected, but what we're talking on is a deeper issue of it. Yeah. I'm saying that no, yeah, it's an application of it, but I feel like the underlying principle is learning how to deal with yeah, those no, things. I hear your point. You're it's what I was just saying about the neighborhood. It you can be an just an observer, but you know, just like when you go window shopping, sometimes it's like, Whoa, what is that? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like I something I understand that. And and so that happens. Yeah. But you're just cruising around these neighborhoods and kind of checking them out. And and I think the what the the stuff that you're putting on your playlist that's your home that's where you live and, yeah. and I think that's something to you're saying a lot by in taking music I just yeah. definitely think that I mean go press bop, go press play on Bop of the Week that's all I'm saying yeah, yeah. I did that Challenge today yourself I, I did that today what a playlist you know, man case closed that's an interesting conversation yeah I think is. we need to come back to that one I do too continued on that to be TBC. Okay, sellout of the week. I'm going to go kind of quick here. Um, Are we close? We're close. Yeah, we, we're close. I may not There actually... was too much to say about this. <laughs> yeah, we had machine to talk about girl Machine business. Girl, dude. I'm okay, so happy. I'm actually going to just... I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about a secondary idea, but I'm going to put a bookmark in what I actually brought to the table because I think it actually deserves a little more time. So let's just discuss real fast um, how great Liam Gallagher is. <laughs> And how last week I was talking about Liam Gallagher and both of you guys were kind of like, 
okay. And then I I, I exposed you to some yeah. real Liam Gallagher, and yeah. you were like, yeah, this guy, he's terrible. I love him. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I don't buy albums anymore, so Liam <laughs> Gallagher can finally learn how to make his own tea. <laughs> That's a life skill. Liam, only you know how to get it how you like it. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. So, um... I would Liam Gallagher it, but you just barely Liam Gallaghered it. So um, I just wanted to make a, a passing remark with maybe some slight discussion with refreshments served afterwards. Oh, mm, uh, love ab- it. About uh, Q-Tip's feature on Eminem's new album, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we never formally talked about this, <laughs> okay? Oh. And... um. Oh. I'm going to say this. The track itself is not a bad track, actually. It's kind of cool. It's Who's on pre- there? It's Black pretty- Thought and one other Black, guy. Black Thought, Q-Tip, and I forget the third rapper. Oh, jeez. But honestly, it's a pretty iconic track. It's got a very cool vocal lick thing going on that's cool. This guy going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Honestly, cool song. But then what happened to Q-Tip on it? He's like literally just this little like hook bridge thing and his voice isn't necessarily auto-tuned, but it sounds like they just crunched the life out of his voice. And I'm like, okay, in this, in this case, who's selling out? Is it, is Q-Tip selling out here? Is he not? Is he just, I guess, tipping his hat to Eminem? I don't know. I think Q-Tip doesn't know the modern climate and, and bless him. Bless his heart. Bless him. Bless for, him. for that. Not that the modern <laughs> climate's bad. Not that it's bad. But he doesn't need to understand it. He he accomplished something in New York in the early 90s that he was supposed to. And he inspired people. And if they ask him to be part of it, he can do whatever he wants. But he doesn't have to really understand the implication. We, we're is this all... what we call the sellout pass card? Like, it, you it sold is. out... <laughs> <laughs> he sold out. He sold out, but he's a heavyweight, and he he is. We're all in agreement that Q-Tip has an amazing history. I but just, he he doesn't have to care, he, and he doesn't. He shouldn't care. And and if people want to do stuff with him, and he's just like, yeah, that's a day in the studio. Sure. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I mean. I mean. I'm, I guess. But mm, isn't that the mentality behind a lot of who we're talking about in this section? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It is. It is. But the thing is, this guy, this guy, he just blazed a trail, and I, I think it would be, so, it would, it would, the effort to understand the modern hip hop climate. He, he just doesn't need to worry about it. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement that he is a legend, and I'm not trying to diminish Q-Tip's image because honestly, I think he's great. I just don't know what happened on this new album. That's my question. It's one thing to, I'll give you the pass, Q-Tip. Thank you for making three great albums. Thank you, Q-Tip. Okay, but what happened? (laughs) First off, Q-Tip's manager or Q-Tip said, sure. Then Q-Tip got in the studio and the engineer was like this and somebody said, sure. And then Q-Tip did his thing and then the engineer looked at the producer and he said, and the producer said, sure. Yeah. And then this track got like, what a ch- what chain of approval led to this awful, I'm sorry, awful appearance Le- by yeah. Q-Tip. Le- yeah. Just 
pure laziness. And it's one thing because <laughs> Eminem is, is completely just pure, shown up. Pure laziness. He is shown By up. the other rappers. And then Eminem comes in on this track and tries to flex on the other rappers and falls on his face. And not, not only that, he takes like two thirds of the time. He gets three rappers. Pretty heavyweight rappers, mind you. And then he takes two thirds of all the song time. Yeah. I'm just like, oh boy. I, I, I'm like, just going to say, you know, this is just like, you know, when I'm um, an, a grandpa and, and, and my grandchild wants me to relate with them and I don't know how, but they're like, to relate with me, just do this. I'm like, just okay. throw some auto tune. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're kind of giving him a boomer card. That's kind of what I think happened. <laughs> that's what I think happened. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And again, I, I want to wrapping this up. I do not want to diminish Q-Tip because honestly, <laughs> he is a legend, and I love so much that he's done. Midnight Marauders. I'm just let's go. I'm that's just like disappointed in this new Q-Tip. Q-Tip was like, I got this cute little voice changing app on my phone. I think we should use this. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, well, Nitwicks, it was a good time. Machine Girl. Definitely an experience that we all need to share together. I'm glad that we have a platform and a place where we can all come together and uh, have that experience. Have a good week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Is going to be our first feature uh, from New I'm Zealand. I'm so excited. New Zealand's coming from in. New Zealand. New Zealand's with us next week. So it's going to be a party. Get excited for that. Um, yeah, that's us. We will see you next week. Love y'all. It's already time. Keep has the good it, tunes flowing. Has anybody like thought about the song The Age of Aquarius in like five years? No. Or Walk Like an Egyptian? <laughs>